Hello and welcome. It's the pleasure of Power to Change to present Family Life Today each week, Monday through Friday at this time. We'd love you to contact this station and tell them how much you appreciate hearing Family Life Today. Well, let's get started on today's edition. So we've got David Eaton in studio today. David is a teenage expert. <laughs> Not really. Oh, wow. He's an expert on raising teenagers because you started a ministry called Axis. David, you tell me, you communicate with 200,000 parents and teenagers a month? Oh, yeah. About oh, yeah. what? No, we equip 200,000 mm. parents. Wow, that's even who better. Have 400,000 tweens and teens in their life. And we help them have non-anxious, Christ-centered conversations about culture and about TikTok and about fashion trends and about Jesus and about technology. And we want Jesus to be at the center of a family. So that's what Axis is all about. I hope every parent listening just lean forward and thought, I need this program. I knew they did. I was like, they're all like, how do I get this? How do I get this? Axis.org. Yeah, Axis.axis, not A-C-C-E-S-S. So A-X-I-S.org and go there and check out the Culture Translator comes out every Friday. It says, here are three things going on in your kid's world, and it is awesome. Oh, I get it. And Every time, I have no idea what you're talking about when I start reading it. I'm like, <laughs> I don't have teenagers in the home any- anymore, but it's like we need to be on top of this, understanding culture, especially if you're a parent of preteens or teenagers. You want to be able to talk their language and understand what's going on and start conversations. But one of the reasons... I brought this up really early. You said you have like three, what, trick questions? Oh, yeah. I am hijacking this radio show right now. All right. Let's see it. It's like enough interviewing me. (laughs) I'm interviewing you now. So the tables have turned. Uh, This this has never happened. Watch out. Game on. So I I guarantee my wife will be able to answer all three of these. No, I will not. I won't be able to answer any of them. Okay. Well, there's three trick questions and there's scenarios. There's situations. So bear with me. So the first one is you are looking for something in your 17-year-old's room. Because clearly he took something of yours and you maybe you lost it and you're just like looking. You were an innocent, awesome parent looking. So you're looking and you can't find it. So you're like, ah, just, I'll look in his closet. Maybe it's in his closet. So you open up the closet, see, oh, there's a box down there. So you're like, maybe it's in the box. So you pick up the box, you open the box, and as you look inside the box, you find a half-consumed bottle of whiskey. What do you do, Wilsons? I say, Ann, <laughs> you might want to have a conversation with our sons about this. No, I mean, honestly, here's my answer. I'm not saying it's the right answer. I'd, I'd love to know what Ann would do, but I would go to Ann, and we'd go, hey, look what I found. Let's sit down with whoever's son's room it was. All three of our sons were in the same room, so it could have been any one of the three. <laughs> I'd probably choose the oldest one first and say, you know, is this yours? And, you know, can we talk? I mean, we did find uh, porn on our home computer when our oldest was 13, and that's exactly what we did. We sat down and first Ann said, is it you? And I said, no, it's not me. Hmm. And then we had a conversation and he admitted it was him. And it led to a really good conversation that is ongoing, you know? Well, actually, so so anyway, two that's questions. what I would do. I have two questions about that. First of all, so is, you're not allowed to ask another oh, one. oh yeah. Oh, <laughs> it's on. It is on. You thought this was safe. How would you feel when you open the box for the first time and you, and you see those things down there? How oh, would you I feel? would have just a pit in my stomach. Mm. especially if you were 
non-suspecting. Like if you had no idea and you find that, I would cry, honestly. My first thought was, same thing, I would take it to Dave. If he wasn't home at that time, I'd probably, and I did this many, many times, I'd get on my knees. I'd tell Jesus everything I'm feeling. I'm afraid, Lord, what's happening? I don't know what to do. I don't know what to say. What should I do? James 1 says that he will give us wisdom. and Generously. So will generously. Give wisdom. Yeah. And I would pray like, Lord, we need wisdom. These are scenarios that we actually did. So. I, I, I was laughing because I thought you were going to say what you did when one of our sons came home drunk. <laughs> uh, she kicked him out of bed because he said, I, you know, I drank too much last night and crawled into bed. She kicked him out of bed, said, you're going to do the front yard right now. And she's yelling at him in the front yard like, who do you think you are? David, this wasn't a good moment. This wasn't. A go- it wasn't a good moment for me. Because it had happened before, and this time, I mean, he came home reeking of alcohol. And so he's like, I just need to go to bed. It was prom night. And so I reacted instead of responded. I didn't pray. I didn't do anything. (laughs) I'm like, get out of bed because you are working today. And so, yeah, I was not calm or cool by any. Did he do a good job on the the yard? Yeah. How was the, was it nice and level? It was super sad thinking back about it. Like he was crying. This 18-year-old boy was crying the whole time. I think sometimes as parents we do, like I had to apologize later. Probably wasn't the best way to respond in the moment. But I did say like I was so, I'm so afraid. I'm afraid. And my fear caused me to react. Hmm. So we had that conversation. And then... I feel like God salvaged it because I remember saying to him, like, you're amazing. And I can see that God has so much for you. I can't wait to see all that he has for you. And I get scared because I think, oh, don't waste all that he has. You know, so I said so many wrong things. I might have said a few good things. But as parents, we do. We make mistakes. And when we're in it, we don't always respond. And God did redeem the moment. And he's an amazing yeah, man and father. Yeah. And he hasn't made a mistake since. So yeah, that's that, really, that really great. Just like his dad. So, And there's one final like clarifying question because everybody who's listening to this wants to know. You mentioned finding something on your computer. Hmm. And you said you kind of teamed up, talked about it. The conversation went really well. So why did it go really well? What happened? Because that's not. Hey, you're hijacking the show. You I, really I, are. I told you. <laughs> I, it's not. This is not a surprise because I made it clear. I'm hijacking. I mean, when I look back, I, I can see us sitting there in the basement having this conversation because it's one of those parenting moments where you hope it will never happen, but you know it could happen, and here we are. I think we listened. We said, "Tell us your story. Tell us what's going on. Why." Did we find this? Wow. And he was very honest. But Dave, I think the thing that really I feel like was so impactful is you started to cry because you said, this has been my struggle when I was younger. And man, I hate for you to have to experience what I've gone through. Mm. And so I think that was so impactful for you to relate like, man, I've struggled with this too. And I think his response then was he cried too. And was basically saying, what do I do? Yeah, and honestly, it wasn't tears of, oh, my kid messed up. It was tears of, I know this battle. You are stepping into a war zone, dude. It's mm. it's a hard journey. Uh, I'll walk it with you. But that was my tears, like, oh, man. And that 
happened more than once in our home. Yeah. Lots of times, stuff like that. Anyway, back to, the, back to the trick question. Well, first of all, it's kind of just a metaphor or a yeah. parable. Right. And for like, how would you react? How would you respond? How would you feel? So thank you for giving us beautiful insights into your story. Here's the trick question or the, the aspect of this. Uh, one is that whatever is the box and what's inside the box can become an adversary between you and your kids. And then that is just really tough. Mm-hmm. If you're not on the same team and you're like opposing each other. But the real punchline with the box, the real punchline is that what's inside the box, that cultural artifact, that marijuana, that self-harm, that cutting, that perfectionism, that personal shame, that will kill your body. What is inside the box will kill your body. But the box, that secrecy, will kill your soul. Mm. It says, I've got to hide this from my parents. I've got to hide this from God. I've got to hide this from other people. Where are my fig leaves? I don't belong here. Like, I am unworthy or this is my secret special sin. As they say in AA, we're only as sick as our secrets. Mm. And so, and guess what? The box isn't just in the closet. It's in our pockets now. It's called a smartphone. And so there is a brand new box in town. Mm. Okay, second question. You ready for the question number two? Oh, Drum boy. roll. Mm, here oh, we come. Man. I don't know. That was, thank you again for your vulnerability and honesty. Mm. Second question. I'll frame this up as an awesome youth pastor failure because I was a youth pastor and I had an awesome youth pastor failure. Uh, There's a family. They invited me over to their house because I was supposed to (laughs) mediate first problem between a mom and her teenage daughter and her teenage son. Total failure. They wouldn't even look at each other like so mad, mad tears down this young lady's face. Mad, mad, not sad tears, mad tears. Why was Uh, she mad? You don't understand my mom. And then there's also a challenge here that the mom would take the smartphone away and wouldn't say what the kid could do to get it back or when they were getting it back. And if they asked, she held on to it longer. So there are some challenges, right? As we all have challenges, it's hard. Smartphone is hard. But as I was walking down the steps of this house, the young lady said to me a phrase I will never forget. And this is my second question for you. Dave and Ann. She says, the stricter the parent, the sneakier the teenager. My question to you, true or false? I would say that's true if there's no relationship going on with the kids. So when you say relationship, what do you mean relationship? Of course there's a relationship there. What kind of relationship? Tell me more, Ann. (laughs) If the kids feel loved, encouraged to talk, to share their heart, to share their mind, to share their opinion to share their fears with their parents, that's what I mean by relationship, that the door is open for communication. I feel like that's one of the things I did poorly at times as a mom of a teenager. I became so fearful of what they were doing that I wasn't as concerned about their heart. And this is from our kids telling us now as adults. Mm. My one said, Mom, you are more concerned about my actions than why I was doing the things that I was doing. You know, we wrote a book on parenting and we tried to get a little bit into that, that rules are good, strict is fine. You've got to lay down boundaries for your kids when they're toddlers. 
and when they're teenagers. It isn't like the greatest parents are the most permissive and there's no rules. In fact, as you interview teens, they want rules. They really do. I had one 14-year-old say, my mom and dad have never given me one rule in my life, and I feel like they don't love me. Wow. Which was really interesting for a 14-year-old to say. Yeah, so I guess I'm going at the idea that you lay down rules, but it has to be in the context of a loving relationship where they're feeling heard. But the key, I think, is if the rule's a good rule, then keep it, but make sure your teen understands it, mm. is able to push back on it. And, Has an opinion about it. And you hear that. And sometimes when you hear it, you go, okay, I'm going to adjust it a little bit. Rule's still here. Uh, I mean, one of our sons said to us, because we had a conversation at the dinner table, I think we've shared this here before, but and said, hey, tell us some things that you don't like about our parenting. This was when they were teenagers. Maybe some rules that Bold. you guys think that yeah. it's dumb. One of our sons said, I think it's stupid that when you guys are gone, I can't have a girlfriend over here. You know, well, tell us why you think that's stupid. Well, I'm mature enough, blah, blah, blah. And at the end of the day, we're like, you know what? That's not a stupid rule. You're not going to have a girlfriend over here. <laughs> well, we kind of explained our side right. of it. Here's why. Here's what we're thinking. He also said, I think it's dumb that you guys give me this bedtime. Like, I'm in high school now. I should be able to determine. You know, and it wasn't that we had a strict bedtime, That, but what I would say, like, man, you should get to bed. He's like, I can figure that out. And I said, you're, you're right. right. Yeah. That's so we, we let that one go. It's like, you know, but I think at the end of the day, he would say, I felt hurt. Mm -hmm. Even though they kept the one rule, they still let me push back. So is that what you're saying? Yeah, you're building that trust, right? Hmm. A great sports analogy for this is playing soccer by a cliff without a fence. It's mm. not very fun. <laughs> <laughs> so this young lady says this to me, strict to the parent. Sneak to the teenager. I agreed and disagreed simultaneously. And then I realized this is a great question to ask. So I'd ask it to my friends. And then it really brought some great vulnerability from that. And so at a dinner party or every now and then I'd talk to somebody. And I was trying to figure it out. I was like, where's the answer? And so a grandfather actually solved the riddle. And do you know how he solved it? He solved it by answering my question with a question. He went like Jesus on me with that one. So I'm like, <laughs> you got this. He said, David, to answer the question, he says, you have to say this. He says, are you raising a sin concealer or are you raising a sin confessor? So, one, I just want to say thank you to the people at Family Life because the person who brought that up to me was Bob Lapine. Really? It was his answer. Mm. And maybe he got it from somewhere else from all the years of doing radio shows yeah. like this, just the collection of wisdom that he is. And so Family Life has been very good to access. So thank you even to have me out today. is mm -hmm. such an honor for, for me and the team. But yeah, that idea of sin concealer versus sin confessor is the heart of the gospel. And how we deal with forgiveness, like you said, and you ask for forgiveness mm -hmm. from your kid for overreacting before. And so how do we know if you're raising a sin concealer versus a sin confessor is, are you modeling confession? Mm. Is it okay to say, Lord, have mercy on me, a sinner? How do we understand that we're supposed to forgive as we've been forgiven? Forgiveness is still hard for me. Mm. It, it doesn't fit the math the calculus of reality. You know, we want to have karma. We want to have like you reap what you sow in many ways, but we have a God who's stepped into reality mm. and stepped into our world and said, no, you're forgiven. And it's important, don't you think, to confess your sin to your kids? I mean, the sin that you've hurt them. You know, I disciplined you this way. It was hard. Whatever it is, it's a healthy conversation Absolutely. to say, I'm sorry. It's actually a really... It requires wisdom 
that we should ask from God and he will generously give, we do not doubt, on how to confess yeah. and who to confess to and what to say. And even the question of like, how much do I tell my kids about my past yeah. and when? Well, they need to hear because there's a reason where you said, trust me, nothing good's going to happen at our house after nine o'clock at night when we're not there with your girlfriend <laughs> or 10 o'clock or 11 or whatever. It's just right. And so, well, why? Well, you're just not going to do it right now or I'm going to tell you later or we're going to go out for coffee and we're going to figure this out. Okay, so here's the deal. Sin concealing versus sin confessing. I knew Bob Lupine would end up back in the studio. Sounds, uh, like sounds like a pastor's sermon. Yeah, that'll preach, know? right? Right that'll there, preach. yeah. Well, I have preached. Literally, I, I can see it in my sermon notes. Conceal equals death. Reveal equals life. You know, I was obviously talking about our relationship with God as if we all conceal, we all hide, we all have fig leaves. And it always leads to death because if you're playing something in the dark, the dark's going to win. But if you bring it to the light, which is the scariest thing ever to tell your spouse or a teenager to tell your parents or a parent to even confess something to their teenage son or daughter that they've done wrong is scary, but it always leads, the light always leads to life, right? So tell me how. How do you raise a, a sin confessor? How have you done it? Have you done it right? Have you done it wrong? Well, you're the guy who wrote the book on, you know, understanding teens. You must have an answer. I just like to lob these really <laughs> amazing philosophical conundrums wrapped in enigmas. I mean, my, my only thought, and Anne's sitting right here, so she can say it's a lie or it's true, is modeling in front of our kids what it looks like. Yeah, that's what I was going to say, to confess too. It. And our kids have not been perfect, and we have not been perfect. Oh. There are many times that they have hidden their sin. We have hidden our sin. But there's a beauty of being able to confess it. And we, we're big confessors of saying, you guys, we messed up. And so I think that modeling is probably the thing that we All right. Sure. I want to I actually hear this. So you messed up, and then it takes a full, like, week for you to come around, or it's just, like, 30 minutes later, you're just like, I messed up. Like, what What did you... I would say, for me, uh, often weeks. Okay. I mean, and there were probably times where it was pretty immediate, but a lot of times it's like I concealed that sin secret for a while. You know, it's like I'm, I'm going to beat this on my own, whether Got it's it. a struggle with a phone or you name it. And then it's like, no, I'm not winning this thing. I need help. So Anne's one of the first partners that knows the truth. And then my guys I'm doing life with. That's the other thing I think I, my sons, and we just had three sons, they saw dad in relationship with men hmm. that were his accountability partners and soldiers beside me. So that's a modeling as well. So they knew I was saying that to these guys, and that hopefully helped them to say, this is how a man lives. You don't conceal, you reveal. I will say, again, this is something that will make you address your own shame. Hmm. And Axis is going to help you with social media and smartphones and video games and all the other stuff. Like all of those are kind of artifacts that hmm. are out there, constellations of issues that are out there. But oftentimes it comes back as, do I believe what God says about who I am? And how am I dealing with my personal shame? Because if you're parenting out of shame... That's a hard parent to be parented by. Hmm. So, again, it is modeling. And I think, especially if you, like, blow it with your kid, to come back to them and, and to say, I'm sorry. 
And this is something we do with our kids. And it's just like, I hope they remember this. And I hope this just becomes part of their vocabulary. I'm sorry I was wrong. Will you forgive me? Hmm. Those are three things. And sometimes it's very heartfelt. And then I'll hear my kids say it back to us. And they'll be like, I'm sorry I was wrong. Will you forgive me? Or I'm just sorry. Will you forgive me? Or I was wrong. Will you forgive me? All three of those components are really important Hmm. to really own it uh, and realize it and then to invite them and honestly to say that you don't have to forgive me. Mm. Yeah, it may take time. Yeah, like I'm okay with the time on this Mm -hmm. because this is one of those things that it just doesn't always solve itself. All right, so you got a third question? No, I do. I do. This This is a doozy. So the third question is, and this is the number one question we get asked, is at what age should I get my kid a smartphone? <laughs> you know what? We're out of time. Well, going to have to <laughs> you know? save this one for tomorrow. <laughs> yep. Stay tuned. We'll answer that tomorrow. We want to thank Dave and Ann Wilson and their team for another edition of Family Life Today. Although our programs are produced in America, the issues facing families like forgiveness, communication, and taking care of our kids transcend national borders. These issues profoundly affect relationships everywhere. In Australia, family life is known as power to change, and our mission is to effectively develop godly families, the kind of families that change the world one home at a time. A key part of our mission includes strengthening marriages and families all around the world. We want to do whatever we can to bring timeless truths to the challenges you face as you seek to strengthen your family and join us in changing the world. Does your marriage need a tune-up or perhaps a bit of an overhaul? Come to A Day Together, our one-day marriage conference that focuses on helping couples develop oneness in their marriage. For a list of dates and locations near you, see our website at families.powertochange.org.au. Until tomorrow, God's blessings.